There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the Thank you once again for tuning into this Wednesday edition of the podcast. So I'd like to welcome each and one of our listeners. We appreciate all of you that contact us, uh, those of you that reach out, ask questions, uh, open discussion, things like that. I understand this teaching of Melchizedek in chapter 7 has wrought discussion. Had many have reached out, contacted us, asked questions, made statements. We thank the Lord for that. And uh, one of the things I've learned in Scripture, I'm going to teach what I do know, I'm not going to teach what I don't know. I don't want to leave it open for surmising or open for guessing. But at the same time, the things I do not understand, I think I can be honest enough to say I don't understand. And I hope that you would as well. And so pray for us as we deal with Hebrews chapter 7, chapter 8, forthcoming. And look at these things according to the word of God. I would like to say at this time also begin announcing the services in the afternoon on the 10th. That's at our home church, Manasseh Community Baptist Church. They're in Blaine, Pennsylvania. There's going to be a youth afternoon. It's open for all people to come. We're going to have five different preachers from what I hear. And so we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do, trying to help the young people. We've been seeing some young people get born of God, uh, junk these professions, junk these little one, two, three, repeat after me's and come to the saving knowledge of the person of Jesus Christ and how we thank the Lord for that. We praise God. We've seen some truly get born of God, outstanding testimonies, the work of God that he's doing. And we rejoice in that. We thank God for those that reach out to us and let us know that God has saved them. And then you sit and watch for a while. And you realize after a short time, you realize, you know, there is something going on in their life. There is something, a work beyond the norm, a work beyond the understanding of man. And we thank God for each and every one of you. And so we're in Hebrews chapter 7 again today. And we're looking at a couple of things that we left off last time. Verse 9, Levi also received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. And then in verse 11, it says, If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood. Now chapter 8 and verse 2 says, A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. So he tells you the Lord pitched this tabernacle. Chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. And then in verse 24, he said, for Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true. There it is, the figures of the true. He said, but in the heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. And so that's the tabernacle of which he speaks. That perfection was not by the Levitical priesthood. And that's why the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Those blood and goats, uh, the blood of the sheep, the blood of those lambs, they certainly worked. They certainly uh, did what they were supposed to do. But the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us. I'm not under the blood. 
I'm not hiding behind the blood. The blood is not a shelter. I've been cleansed. I've been clean. I've been washed. My conscience has been made clean. And because my conscience is clean, I can walk with God. I can have a clean mind towards God. And thank God for that. And he goes on and says, for under it, this is in parentheses, the people received the law, end of parentheses, which for the need was there, and another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron. And so again, Jesus Christ is not called after the order of Aaron. He's called after the order of Melchizedek. Now we know that Melchizedek, the word of God told us, he's the king of righteousness, the king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. He's eternal. He's made like unto the son of God, not the son of God, but unto the son of God. We know that he's deity. We know that without a father and a mother, without beginning or end of days, he's eternal in the heavens. We know that's who Melchizedek is, but it says he's after, he's like unto, and it goes on after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. And so that law of the priesthood has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That law of the Levitical priesthood was fulfilled in Christ, who after the order of Melchizedek, and again, someone asked me just recently, they said, who is Melchizedek? It's not Jesus Christ. They could see that, had a lack of understanding. They thought maybe it was the Father, maybe it was, you know, the Holy Ghost. They weren't sure. And I just said, well, you know, if you look at it and understand it, I believe it's the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm glad to discuss that with anybody that disagrees with that. I know traditionally Protestantism, I was taught, raised, that this is Jesus Christ, but you see that work that goes on. You realize this is another priesthood that God has ordained, and Jesus Christ has called that high priest after that priesthood, which is Melchizedek's priesthood. I also understand Jesus Christ. I understand the blood on the mercy seat. I understand those things, but what we see is when Abraham came and paid tithes, he did not pay them to Jesus Christ. He paid them to one that was the king of righteousness, not the prince. He was the king of peace, not the prince of peace. And so we understand, according to the scriptures, that this indeed is someone in the Godhead that is not Jesus Christ because he's after that order. And then he gives more strength than this, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. But yet there was a promise of God, Genesis 49, and I'll begin reading verse 8. There was a promise of God that this would take place. The Levitical priesthood, of which Aaron was of, we understand, was that priesthood that God made through the law. God used that priesthood. But then we see in verse 8 of Genesis 49, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall thou bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. That is Judah. That's the descendants of Judah. So God raised up this priest, which is Jesus Christ, not out of the genetics of the Levite, not out of the Levitical priesthood, but he raised him up out of the tribe of Judah after the order of Melchizedek. That is the two priesthoods. It's the Melchizedekan priesthood, not the order of Aaron. This is not of the seed of Aaron. This is the seed of Abraham. And this is the seed of Abraham through Judah. 
And out of Judah came a governor. Out of Bethlehem of Judea he brought forth his son, the promise of God, and yet he was called and high priest. He's after that Melchizedek and priesthood. And Jesus Christ has that priesthood. That's the priesthood which he bears. And again, if you and I look at these things in us today, we believe in the priesthood of the believer as a believer in Christ, as a Bible believer. We believe in that priesthood, but what priesthood are we after? It's after Jesus Christ, not the Levitical priesthood. It's, a, it's after Jesus Christ. He, he goes on and says, yet far more evident for that the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest. So again, he tells you this. It's after the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 110 and verse 4, the word of God tells us this. And he says, the Lord has sworn it will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then he tells you, the Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up his head. What priest is that? It's Jesus Christ. That is the priest of which he speaks. He was not made, not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. So again, he was not made by a law. The Levitical priesthood was made by a law. God gave a law and God ordained priests. And Aaron that first great high priest of God, he was adorned as God commanded it by the law. He offered sacrifice as commanded by the law. His garments were ordered by the law. His anointing was ordered by the law. God raised him up according to a law. The Bible says a carnal commandment. Why? That's according to the flesh. That's what the Aaronic priesthood did. It was according to the flesh, a carnal commandment. God gave that law to man, for man on earth, but Jesus Christ is not of that carnal commandment. He is not of that Levitical priesthood. He tells you, but after the power of an endless life. What is an endless life? It's a life that has no beginning and has no end. That's the power of Jesus Christ. And his priesthood is after that similitude. His priesthood is a calling after the order of Melchizedek. He's in that pattern of Melchizedek, that picture of Melchizedek. Now, I read one place, a Protestant writer, he said that simply this, he said, well, Jesus Christ there, this is a typology, and we understand Melchizedek is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. And I began to see where so many men grasp that, understand that it's commonly taught that. But why is he after the order of Melchizedek? If he's a type of Christ, wouldn't he be Melchizedek? Wouldn't it say he is Melchizedek? Wouldn't the word of God simply say Jesus Christ, Melchizedek? Wouldn't it simply tell us that there's no necessity of this change? He's not after the order of Melchizedek. No, he's a priesthood in Melchizedek, but it doesn't tell you that. This one's raised up. Jesus Christ is raised up after that order. He said, he testifieth, thou art a priest forever. That's the eternal God. That's Jesus Christ. He will always be a priest. He will always be our great high priest. He said, forever after the order of Melchizedek. He tells you again. And he repeats it again. After the similitude of Melchizedek. After the order of Melchizedek. And so we see this. He has no father, no mother without descent. That's why I believe it's the Holy Ghost. And it took me a long time to come to that because I had just been taught wrong. 
I'd been given instruction that was not correct according to the scripture. But when you read the actual words of what Hebrews is saying, and I realize there are people that'll attack what I said. There are people that may break fellowship over what I just said. There are people that'll say, wait, McVeigh's a heretic. They'll write little papers and notes to each other and try to get others to break fellowship over the matter of Melchizedek. But he tells you very specifically, this is not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is after him. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment, that's that carnal law, that carnal ordinance, going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. Now, to disannul is that strong Germanic word. It's a double negative. We see that in, in Isaiah 28. We see a disannulling of that instruction of Israel. And what does it mean to disannul? Well, to annul is to get rid of. To annul is legally to do away with or to expunge a record. Disannul is a little bit stronger. It's a double negative. You say, well, that's that's not really needed once you annul something. But when you look at disannul in the word of God, you realize it's not only legally expunging it, it's as though it never existed. He takes it away. It's gone. And he's done that with covenants. He's done that with bonds. He does that here with the law concerning the priesthood. He said it's verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. Therefore, we no longer have to go through a priest to get to Christ. We no longer have to go to that man and bring that offering to that man and offer that offering to a weak man, a frail man, a fragile man, a carnal man. That's good because he is flesh. He's bone, just like you and I, flesh, just like you and I. And he speaks of the weakness thereof. There is a weakness in that priesthood. What is that weakness? It's the failure of man. Aaron himself, that great high priest of God, Aaron himself questioned Moses' marriage. Marion was struck with leprosy. God would would not strike Aaron with leprosy because he was God's priest and he had that anointing upon him, but yet he himself showed the weakness of that priesthood. Can I say it on this wise? The fallibility of that priesthood. He is but a mere man. He is not God's perfect representative on earth. He's flesh and bone. And that's the weakness. That's the unprofitableness of that Levitical priesthood. But Jesus Christ disannuls that commandment concerning the descendants of Aaron, discerning the Levites, for the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Now, what is that better hope? Well, Jesus Christ said this wise, it's a surety of a better testament in verse 22. Why is it a better hope? Because it's hope built on better promises. The word of God told us that. And that hope is Jesus Christ. That hope is an eternal priesthood. That that hope is a priesthood that is never going to change because it's after the order of Melchizedek. That's the doctrine. This priesthood after the order of Melchizedek is an unchanging priesthood. It is an eternal priesthood. That is our great high priest, Jesus Christ, made a little lower than the angels for the fellowship of suffering, and we see him raised up after the order of Melchizedek as God's priest was to Abraham in Melchizedek, but then the law came through Moses. And with the law came the Levitical priesthood. And men would offer tithes to that priest, but that priest would tithe to Abraham. Why? Because he was a man. He was weak. He was carnal, the word of God said. That law was an instruction for carnal men, a carnal ordinance. Why? Because they were flesh. And so there's a better hope in Jesus Christ because the law made nothing perfect. The law could not be perfect until Jesus Christ came. That law was a schoolmaster. 
That law would bring us to Christ. That law would reveal Christ. He's the fulfillment of that same law. And because he has fulfilled that law, God has anointed his lips. He's anointed him with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. What is that oil of gladness? It's the anointing of the Melchizedekan priesthood. He's been anointed with that heavenly ointment, not the carnal ordinance imposed in Exodus chapter 30, not that carnal perfume that was crushed and broken upon the altar. No, he was anointed with myrrh and aloes and the heavenly ointment, the word of God tells us, above his fellows. That's why all his garments smell of myrrh and of cassia. And out of the ivory palaces he came. Why is that? According to the Psalms. Because he is that priest after the order of Melchizedek. He has been anointed a priest forever by the Holy Ghost. And Jesus Christ, that priest forever, the word of God, that's why the Holy Ghost points to Christ. It's why the Holy Ghost bears witness of Christ. It's why the Holy Ghost directs men to Jesus Christ. He is that quiet member, that unseen member of the Godhead, yet he's still God. And he magnifies that priest because it was after his order that he anointed Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ stands in power and a demonstration of power. And one of these days, he is going to be a prophet, a priest, and a king for the glory of God. He is that eternal God. He is that eternal priest. That is a better hope. The law could not do that, but we draw nigh unto God by that better hope. How do we draw nigh unto God? We do it through the person of Jesus Christ. We're made nigh by the blood of Christ. He said, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. How do we draw nigh unto God? Because he has that ointment, Upon his head, that ointment that's run down upon his garments, they smell of aloes, they smell of cassia, they smell of myrrh. It's that heavenly anointing of his priesthood, and you and I can draw nigh to him by the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. And you and I draw nigh to that priesthood by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're done there for today. Lord, will we finish out chapter 7 tomorrow? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.